0: Well, they said the quiet part out loud, folks. Again, they actually think abortion is funny. Very, very funny. Very hilarious to dismember humans in the womb. So last week, Alabama Senator Doug Jones laughed at a question from a constituent. Should abortion be banned after five months? Calling it a stupid question. At the same time, in the same state, Representative Rolanda Hollis proposed a law that would require that all men get a vasectomy after they turn 50, or after the birth of their third child, whichever comes first. But Representative Hollis admits that her vasectomy bill is a joke. Proposed to neutralize Alabama's attempted abortion ban in 2019. We will examine why the left finds abortion so funny and you so stupid. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Unaborted. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber on episode 35. Thanks so much for those of you who have joined us since the beginning and hung on. We do believe this is a very important show at a very propitious moment. 2019 was an out-of-control year in terms of human equality and the battle over human rights for human beings in the womb and 2020 is poised to be even more radical than 2019 because as you know it's an election year and as you know the democratic party the strategic arm of the abortion juggernaut has shown their cards They're being blatantly honest with who they are and what they believe, which is abortion through point of birth, funded with your tax dollars, coercing healthcare providers to perform abortions against their religiously held and moral beliefs. Oh, and we're not even going to vote to condemn infanticide. This is your Democratic Party, and whichever candidate is selected will support abortion through point of birth, barring a miracle. So if you want to be equipped to defend life, be a voice for the unborn, know what is going on in this out of control culture over the questions of ultimate concern, what makes us valuable? And do we all get human rights? Then tune into Unaborted. Give us a rating and review. Share this with a friend. Let us know what you think. Give us those five stars since the abortion crazies troll my podcast and try to drive down the ratings. So this last week, rather, we saw a particularly tragic and disturbing and skin-crawling moment with the Alabama Senator Doug Jones, who on Wednesday, February 19th, apparently, this is when the video was uploaded on Twitter, of a self-identified constituent approaching Senator Jones and asking him if he thinks that abortion should be banned after five months. That is radical. I mean, the baby at this point has been able to feel pain for quite a while. And Uh, and now we're, we're getting to the stage to where we're actually able to save prematurely born babies just a little older than this. The earliest babies having been delivered and saved at around 21 weeks, 22 weeks, five months being 20 weeks, of course. And so Senator Jones finds this question really, really funny. And he calls it a stupid question. Stupid to ask. Should we not dismember humans in the womb at five months old, two weeks before other babies have been born and survived and being cared for in the NICU, for whom abortion is an intensely painful procedure? He finds that really, really, really funny. So here's the clip that went up on Wednesday, February 19th and Senator Doug Jones' response. Senator, how are you? you? Do you think Do you think abortion should 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 be banned after five months? What stupid question have you got? Do you think abortion should be banned after five months? Sir, should abortion be banned? As I said, what a (laughs) stupid. You're voting on it next week, sir. Yeah, and
1: I'll vote on it next week. Just like I did the last
0: week. Well, Senator Jones says, "What a stupid question!" (laughs) Ha 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 ha! So funny. To rip the limbs off of a human in their mother's womb. Why would I be opposed to that as a politician on the public dole being elected to represent my state? Oh, which, by the way, Alabama is a pretty pro-life state. Uh, and yet somehow this pro-abortion ideologue became a senator. And then he says, I'm going to vote on it like I did last time, referring to to his complicity with other pro-abortion ideologues who voted against the pain-capable Unborn Child Protection Act a couple years ago in Alabama. Well, the purpose, the title rather, suggests the purpose. Pain-capable Protection Act. Meaning, no, it's you can't kill babies at the point that we all know at which they can feel pain. So he laughs. He calls it a stupid question. And then he says, I'm going to vote on it like I did last time. Well, isn't it ironic? Isn't it funny how easy it is to be a pro-abort when you're not the one being aborted? As Ronald Reagan said, I've noticed that everyone who's for abortion has already been born. What courage, Senator Doug Jones. Very easy to walk around as someone whose mother didn't slaughter them and laugh at those who want to protect lives of unborn children who are like you once were, unborn. Easy to be a pro-abort when you don't have to feel the pain of legal human dismemberment. And yet this is, of course, your Democratic field. By the way, here's what Senator Doug Jones finds so funny. Here's what he finds so funny. Here is a 22-week and a 26-week murdered baby who endured a horribly painful death, protected under the mantle and guise reproductive health care, reproductive justice, feminism, and women's rights. Except for the 50% chance that one of these children is an unborn female. No women's rights for them, no feminism protection for them if you're a female in the womb, screw you. Only if you're a born female. So here's what Senator Doug Jones finds so funny. The actual slaughter and dismemberment of humans after five months because he says it's a stupid question to be opposed to abortion after five months and then promises to vote against the pain-capable Unborn Child Protection Act, which is being voted on again this week, that was shot down two years ago, right after doug jones became a senator for alabama according to cassidy morrison at the washington examiner on february 19th though the man did not name a bill specifically lindsey graham's pain capable unborn child protection act is due for a senate vote next week the bill would ban abortions after 20 weeks at which point the fetus is believed to be able to feel pain and democrats have long been opposed to this Because as politicians and ideological slaves of the abortion juggernaut, their pockets are lined by the blood money of dead children to the degree to which they support the positions of those lining their pockets with the blood money of dead children. The abortion industry that they need 100% approval ratings from from NARAL in order to kowtow and appease their base for whom they believe they need votes. And so, as the Democrats did two years ago, they'll likely nearly all vote against the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act this week. By the way, this idea of a pain-capable unborn child being at 20 weeks, which is the general national consensus, is is total crap, okay? It's totally unfounded. Now, we used to know that for sure by... 20 weeks unborn children could feel the pain of dismemberment, but we've known for quite a while now that they can feel pain significantly earlier than that. I just want to briefly address this because this comes up up a lot in the abortion debate. When can unborn children feel pain? Now, again, from a philosophical standpoint, from a human value standpoint, this question is really beside the point, isn't it? Because do we really want to go down a route to where we say, well, you're only valuable and have a right to life once you can feel pain. No, I don't think we want to go down that route. Why? Well, there's actually a disease called congenital analgesia that born people can be diagnosed with. And guess what that disease entails? The inability to feel pain. <laughs> so unless you want to adopt the premise that it's okay to kill you if you can't feel pain, then we need to avoid that because that could lead to justifying the killing of born people who have this unfortunate disease. But. Since it's such a commonly used trope and argument to defend abortion, let's briefly debunk it. According to Live Action News' uh, Nancy Flanders, on October 2017, they report the findings and research of Marine Condick. Marine Condick, PhD and Associate Professor of Neurobiology and Anatomy at the University of Utah. According to the article, she testified before Congress in April of 2017 updating them on new information regarding fetal pain. This is what she told Congress in 2017. The overall organization of the nervous system is established by four weeks. Most women don't know they're pregnant until four or five weeks. This is significant because it shows that even at this early stage, the brain is not anything like a mere collection of cells or a blank slate to be written upon later in the developmental process. Like all embryonic organs, the structure of the early brain anticipates the function of the mature system. So Nancy Flanders at Live Action goes on and says that Dr. Kondik said preborn children have a capacity to feel pain very early in their development, noting that the neural circuitry responsible for the most primitive response to pain, the spinal reflex, is in place by eight weeks of development. At that point, a fetus responds to the pain by recoiling from the stimuli, as witnessed in the silent screen video. By eight to ten weeks, Kondik said many of the neural connections are formed. And by 12 to 18 weeks, the spinothalamic pathways are established and the fetus is capable of mature pain perception. So Dr. Marine Condit goes on in her testifying before Congress saying, it is entirely uncontested in the scientific and medical literature that a fetus experiences pain in some capacity from as early as eight weeks. And most modern neuroscientists conclude that the thalamic circuitry that's in place by 18 weeks post-fertilization is primarily responsible for human experience of pain at all stages of life. Well, this is incredible. So by 18 weeks, they're fully able to experience pain to the very degree that we are. But there's evidence suggesting that they will respond to stimuli, which would what require the ability to feel pain, to have sensations to be sentient, by eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks. So even some of these early abortions are painful procedures for unborn children. The later term just being more painful. So let's just briefly debunk that. We have the medical evidence showing that unborn children can feel some degree of pain by eight weeks, not the commonly used pro-abortion trope that it's just 20 weeks. But really, that doesn't even matter because this Senator Doug Jones says, I don't care, kill five, six, seven, eight, nine-month babies. I don't care whether they feel pain or not. Doug Jones is promising that he will vote against, again, against ending painful baby killing. Wonderful. So Calvin Freeburger on February 20th at LifeSite News writes, in January 2018, Jones joined his fellow Democrats in voting against the Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, which would have banned most abortions starting at five months. The vote was a reversal from his previous claims to support such a ban as long as it contained an exception for medical necessity, which the bill did. At the time, the Alabama Senate passed a resolution formally condemning Jones for going back on his word. So he's a coward. So he's a moral degenerate. So he's a liar. He says moderately pro-life-ish. Shticks in order to get the political capital he thinks he needs from his relatively pro-life state and then flip-flops like the coward he is in order to kowtow to the radical abortion left and ensure that all women can kill all of their unborn children through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason or no reason at all. Now, likely he will be voted out because of his radicalism come end of 2019 because Alabama is still a very pro-life State. So, Doug Jones, Senator Doug Jones here, right? So, he laughs at the question should abortion be banned after five months? He calls it a stupid question and he promises to protect the killing of babies for whom we know have an intensely painful dismemberment procedure. Well, he's just representative of the entire party, <laughs> with the exception of a few outliers. Doug Jones is the Freudian slip of the pro-abortion politicians for today in our cultural and political examination of these times. He's just our current Freudian slip example. What do I mean by that? Doug Jones doesn't believe anything different on abortion than his other Democratic senator colleagues. He also voted against the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act in February of 2019 because he's a senator. So he doesn't even vote on condemning infanticide of babies born alive during botched abortions. He said the quiet part out loud, though, didn't he? He thinks abortion's funny. Oops, Freudian slip. You're not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to have enough of a semi-functioning moral compass to not laugh at abortion. And even Democrats used to say that, what, abortion was sort of this necessary evil, right? The Clinton safe, legal, and rare. Well, the only reason that abortion should be rare is if is if it's bad, <laughs> Because if it's not bad and killing your baby in the womb is no different than removing a polyp, then why should the removal of a child who's no more morally significant than a polyp be rare? (laughs) It's only by acknowledging that abortion is probably bad that you could argue for it being rare. Well, the Clinton abortion safe, legal, and rare time is gone, is gone. And now it's becoming more common to laugh at abortion. Goodbye to acknowledging maybe necessary evils. Doug Jones thinks that The painful limb tearing of five, six, seventh, eighth, and nine-month unborn children in the womb is very funny. (laughs) What a stupid question, six, seven, eight-month babies ripping their limbs off. (laughs) That's such a stupid question. And he's just the Freudian slip of the pro-abortion politicians in the Democratic Party. He thinks it's funny that you would think that he should be against that form of murder, the late-term abortion. A baby. So we're going to examine why the left finds abortion so funny and why more public figures are laughing about it. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion debate and of the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com unaborted. And Greg Cunningham, one of the longtime leaders of the pro-life movement, once said that there are more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's a tragic reality. Of the 47 years of legalized abortion we need more people working full-time to save babies well unfortunately that costs a lot of money whereas those who kill babies make a lot of money on the killing of babies so we need your help to get out this kind of content in front of young people that i spend a vast amount of my time speaking to college students christian leaders lay people and parents who are parenting the next generation of voters who will decide whether abortion will continue to be pitched as reproductive health care or the greatest human rights violation in human history. So if you want to help expand the reach of the show, increase our production value and equip you with what you need to be the gracious and persuasive voice for the unborn that you need to be, then become a patron of the show. Head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. (laughs) So the left does find abortion funny. The left actually thinks that abortion is funny. But why? Well, to examine and answer that question, we're going to turn to the very unfunny and alleged comedian, Michelle Wolf. You may have heard of Michelle Wolf. She's had some viral moments because of her comedic approach to the limb tearing of unborn children. She has functionally become a comedian for the abortion rights movement. And this started with her comments at the White House Correspondents Dinner in 2018, where she was brought in as the uh, comedian to lighten the mood and, right, to to roast people from different uh, sides of the political aisle, right? This is very common at the White House Correspondents Dinner. And this was what sort of launched her onto the comedic abortion stage, where she's decided to hang out, to camp out, to pitch a tent, and to fill that tent with— uh, a steady cash flow that she's fed for making abortion jokes for becoming the public face of the comedic abortion front and so here's sort of what started what has now become a more common a more common approach to abortion in the political left in the abortion rights movement this comedic approach which is pretty new on abortion even from people who are pro choice it's not funny they We've never laughed at abortion in this way, even from those who describe themselves as pro-choice. But it's starting to become par for the course. And Planned Parenthood is doing that as well. So here was what Michelle Wolf had to say at the White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2018. and some of these clips, I might start answering the question why the left thinks abortion is so funny.
1: Mike Pence is also very anti-choice. He thinks abortion is murder, which, first of all, don't knock it till you try (laughs) it. And when you do try it, really knock it. You know, you got to get that baby out of there.
0: Wow. Well, you can actually hear some of the voices in the room, which are filled with a lot of Democrats, a lot of politicians on most sides of the aisle. And then a lot of mainstream media folks are there. A lot of mainstream media folks are there, which are largely, right, supermajority of which are on the political Left. And you can hear, especially if you watch this, but y- you can even hear some of the like, ah, that's not really funny, but I'm going to laugh because we agree on abortion and I need to laugh. There's a lot of very unsettling escapes of breath <laughs> of laughing at this moment, because even those who think that abortion is a woman's right that should be protected legally would never talk about abortion in that way to say, Don't knock it till you've tried it. And when you do try it, really knock it. You got to get that baby out of there. (laughs) I mean, this is particularly ghoulish and disgusting and disturbing because she's acknowledging it's a baby. You just called it a baby. Ooh, that's the word that the Planned Parenthood linguistic recommendation sheet says to not use. Don't say baby. Use the word baby. Fetus used the word pregnancy. We went through this um, how to talk about abortion guide quite a few months back on the show that the International Planned Parenthood Federation actually released saying don't use the word baby. Well, Michelle Wolf didn't get the memo. And so she actually accidentally let reality slip. She Freudian slipped as well. Abortion is funny, but it is a baby. We need to kill babies, but they are babies. So this was one of the most – this was one of the first viral moments back in 2018 that approached abortion from a comedic context because nobody had really done that before. Well, that wasn't enough for Michelle Wolf. She decided to do it later again that year in her Netflix show called The Break with Michelle Wolf where she did a salute to abortions, I salute you abortions, in an episode – that focused on the frenzy over Anthony Kennedy's retirement, right? Which was scaring the living daylights out of the abortion left because who was president? Trump was president. So they knew that any retirement or removal of a Supreme Court justice would open up a spot for someone that was probably going to be more conservative and pro life in their political orientation. And so here's how Michelle Wolf jokes and laughs about abortion in her Netflix show in 2018. <laughs>
1: Women, if you need an abortion, get one! If you want an abortion, get one! If you're not pregnant, but you think you eventually might be and want to order a future abortion, get one! If you're pregnant and you want to be pregnant, don't get one! It's up to you, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's actually a great deal. It's about $300. That's like six movie tickets. Movie tickets, a bad deal! Try to control that. Don't let them. God bless abortions and God bless America.
0: Well, besides not being able to stand that woman's voice, uh, this woman is clearly self deluded. This, This woman is clearly lost. This woman has clearly become a pawn of Satan in his attempts to describe evil as good. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good for even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. That verse is actually a, a pretty telling verse into our cultural context when it comes to conversations on abortion because the euphemistic language used in order to describe abortion is done in order to make it sound like something good. Like you're the servants of light. You're the servants of truth. You're the servants of equality. When in reality, The rights being pitched and defended are the rights to dismember baby humans. And so scripture says we shouldn't be surprised for even Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He makes himself the most evil person alive, look like something good, look like someone enticing and friendly. And that's exactly what the abortion movement does in their defense of killing children. Is that this is reproductive healthcare, reproductive justice, women's equality, and human rights. And yet she Freudian slips again and she acknowledges that a woman's potential to create a new human being is fundamental to who she is. Women, you have the power to give life. Oh, so that's life. But don't let, but men will try to control that. Don't let them. So she calls it a baby. She says that women create life, but that they should salute the political and moral right to destroy that life that they consensually created in 99.5% of all cases. But this shameless approach, this, this shameless bravado in promotion of abortion is relatively new in the political context. In the political debates over abortion, we have long abandoned the linguistic approach that says that abortion is a necessary evil. It's something we should try to decrease, but it's something that we do need to maintain. Now it's hashtag shout your abortion and it's funny. You see, it's funny to laugh about it, to promote it. There's a saying that goes that says conflict reveals character. When you're in a conflict, your true colors tend to come out. And if you're married or you're in a relationship or you've had familial conflict, you probably know what I'm talking about. When things get heated and the conflict starts to come to a head, sometimes you say how you really feel, right? Sometimes you say exactly what you're thinking, Maybe you embellish a little bit to be intentionally hurtful. But conflict tends to bring out character. And sometimes that character is ugly, isn't it? And that should lead to self-examination and self-improvement, not to shameless bravado. Well, the escalating conflict over abortion nationwide, increased by the Trump administration's commitment to life, and the left's response to the Trump administration's commitment to life, reveals the true colors and character. Of those in the pro-baby killing movement, the abortion rights movement, the pro-choice movement, this conflict over this three and a half years, a little over three years of the Trump administration has revealed the true colors and character of the abortion rights movement. They think abortion is funny and they think you're stupid for viewing it as anything other Than reproductive healthcare. As Maya Angelou once said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Well, this escalating conflict has revealed the true colors and character of the abortion rights movement, and we should believe them. So, there are two possible options as to why the left finds abortion funny. Okay, I think there are are two options that make the most sense. To answer this question, why is the left now laughing about abortion? Why do they think it's funny? to laugh at a question do you think abortion should be banned after 5 months to salute to abortion and say god bless america a country founded on the idea of the right to life but also god bless abortions the destruction of life let's laugh about that let's 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 throw party let's throw a party over the right to kill a baby well i think the first option as to why the left finds abortion so funny is that they actually believe that the unborn is a human person, fully capable of feeling pain. But who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? Yeah, it's a baby. Yeah, it's a person. It's distinct from the mother. But unborn baby persons are the property of their mothers to kill or to spare. You could say that maybe certain members of the radical left and of the Democratic Party treat unborn children like they used to treat African Americans, that they knew to be persons but treated them as property. So this this would make them actual sociopaths, right? Actual sociopaths who laugh at the pain and murder of other persons and they get off on it. They find it funny. I don't think this is the majority of people in the pro-choice movement, by the way. (laughs) Those who say that it's a person, it's a human and it's a person. It has full human or it's a person just like you and I, but that none of that really matters because they're they're just the property of their parents still, simply because they're residing in a womb. And so I'm going to laugh at their dismemberment. I don't think that's the majority of people. However, I do think there actually are some people like that. And I think some of them are actually in the Democratic Party. I think some of these people are actually spiritual pawns of Satan. I think they have sold their soul to the devil and are doing his bidding at every waking moment. What do I mean by that? Here's an example of someone who might be in the sociopath camp as to the question why they find abortion funny. They actually think it's funny. They, they, have, they, they get off on the killing of children. Alabama state legislator John Rogers got in hot water last year for saying some kids are unwanted, so you kill them now or you kill them later. You bring them in the world unwanted, unloved, you send them to the electric chair, so you kill them now or you kill them later. That's what he said, verbatim, quote. Go look it up. By the way, The Washington Examiner reported in May 2019 that John Rogers, the man who said this, later said that Senator Doug Jones, the senator we just talked about from Alabama who laughed at the question, should we ban five-month abortions, called him and told him, told him John Rogers, quote, I know you're right, John, but I got to come out against you. Okay, I said, fine, if it's going to help your campaign, do that. Rogers said in an interview with Birmingham's talk 99.5. So the same Senator Doug Jones who laughs at abortion, he says it's a stupid question to ask the question, should we ki- should we ban abortions after five months? He called Senator Doug, uh, Senator, uh, I'm sorry, late, legislator John Rogers, who said, no, some kids are unwanted. So you kill them now in the womb, or you kill them later. They come in the world unwanted. So you send them in the electric chair or you kill them in the womb. You kill them now, or you kill them later. Senator Doug Jones called John Rogers and said, I know you're right, but I have to come out against you. <laughs> so these men think that abortion is funny. These people might actually be sociopaths. They actually might get off on the killing of children because they sold their soul to Satan. When great forces are on the move, we learn that we're spirits and not animals. And the conflicting nature of these two different forces spells duty, as Churchill said, for the members of each side of the political aisle. Well, increasingly, certain politicians are pledging their duty to Satan in this spiritual reality that is all around us and that we often live oblivious to. So that's the first option here. As to why maybe the left finds abortion so funny. And that is the more ghoulish option, right? That's the more disturbing answer is that they, they actually believe these are unborn human persons, but it doesn't freaking matter. They're the property of their mothers. Fathers have no voice and the mother should be able to kill them. The, the other option, which I think is, is more likely because I think a larger segment of The abortion rights movement and of the democratic party are self-deluded individuals who have bought bad ideas and they have become the consequences of a bad ideology of an evil ideology that is pitched as good right it's pitched as a virtue rather than a vice the other option is that these people are ageist bigots let's use the correct terminology who actually believe that personhood only applies to born people And unborn babies are not persons. So these would be people who you can maybe grant a certain level of good faith to in terms of their intention. Now, their ideas are horrible. Morally bankrupt should be thrown into the ash heap of history and lead to the slaughter of human beings. But they may have actually bought horrible ideas and believed that they were good. They might be the consequences of postmodernism and the sexual revolution which said that you can separate consent to sex from consent to pregnancy and that persons are really just those who have certain capacities that we are arbitrarily going to select. We're going to select which capacities are necessary for personhood without ever explaining why the possession of those capacities is value giving in the first place. We're just going to assume it, but that's what they believe, right? So I think the vast majority of people, they are ageists, they are bigots, because what's bigotry? Bigotry is discrimination against someone else for being different. So they discriminate against unborn children for being smaller, for being less developed, for being located in a womb, and for being more dependent than they are. Well, this fantasy world of human rights that they have developed, where ironically they sit on the throne deciding which human beings deserve protections or not, has fully convinced them, fully convinced them. That unborn babies are mere pounds of flesh that belong to their mothers. They have dehumanized the unborn child in their minds and with their language to the extent that they believe there is such a thing as human non-persons. Because you you can't ignore the scientific evidence that the unborn child is biologically human and all living things reproduce after their own kind. And so an unborn human offspring would have to be a human because its parents are humans. But they believe that that's a human non-person just like they treated African-Americans as human non-persons. And now they're applying a similar form of bigotry to unborn children who they define out of existence in order to justify their mass extermination and slaughter. I think this is the majority of people in the pro-choice movement and in the Democratic Party. They have actually self-deluded themselves into believing that these are human non-persons. Only persons have rights. Only persons' rights are protected under the Constitution. The baby's never going to know it was aborted or killed, so it doesn't matter. Therefore, any suggestion that they might be wrong in their view of human value and human rights is downright silly, hilarious, laugh-inducing. Because as Anthony Kennedy said in his Planned Parenthood versus Casey decision, at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. Now, if there was ever a bag of meaningless words, it's certainly that one. At the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence and of meaning and of the mystery of human life, the mystery of human life. So, might makes right, Anthony Kennedy. Might makes right. Because if mightier people are in control and those mightier people happen to define their own concept of existence and the mystery of human life to say that not all humans are persons and not all humans have rights, then we can dehumanize unborn humans, say they're not persons, and justify their slaughter. How convenient. How convenient. So reality is just a blob of cosmic slug that you can manipulate— and move like clay to fit your version of reality, to fit your preferred version of human value that enables you to mistreat others if you choose to, that enables you to make money off of the killing of other human beings if you choose to, which is what the abortion industry is all about, getting rich off of the dismemberment of humans. I think this second option an answer as to why the left thinks abortion is so funny applies to the majority of people. They are ageists, they are bigots, but they believe what they believe. They're not sociopaths. They actually believe that the unborn child is not a person and only persons have rights without ever explaining why the unborn child's lack of certain capacities defines them out of existence and strips them of personhood. Now, we have seen this attempt from the abortion left to to do just this, to laugh at abortion and to treat abortion as something funny and as something that conflates the abortion issue with other historical issues that we can all condemn. For example, in January, Planned Parenthood ran a video campaign entitled We Decide. And we actually covered this on the show in January. It featured a young black woman who says in the video, we didn't always have the right to vote. Okay, what does that have to do with abortion? This video is about abortion, right? She's using the term, the phrase, we didn't always have the right to vote in comparison to the right to abortion being threatened by pro-life legislators. So she actually equates the bigotry, discrimination, and racism that denied African-Americans the right to vote to the discrimination of pro-life laws which say you can't kill baby humans, she sees those as the same. That the discrimination that prevented African-Americans to vote, if you really, really think about it, is just like the discrimination of pro-life legislators who say don't kill baby humans. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Despite the fact that abortion is the number one killer of African-Americans. So it's deeply disturbing and ironic that she makes this moral equivalency. And this is because to the left, abortion is not just necessary, but it's actually reproductive justice. So being opposed to abortion is so illogical to the left that it actually rises to the level of humor. That to be opposed to abortion is as ludicrous and discriminatory to them as being opposed to equal voting rights for African-Americans. They actually create a moral equivalency between those two. Why? Because they think it's funny. They think it's hilarious that you would think that killing a baby is wrong. And that the same moral compass that drives you to oppose racism that prevented African Americans the right to vote would also drive you to oppose the dismemberment of innocent human beings, because these are both violations of human rights, American rights in our founding documents. So, according to the left, being pro life is so ludicrous that it rises to the level of humor. So humor becomes a political strategy to dehumanize the unborn and advance the agenda of the abortion juggernaut. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that in just one second, because we're now seeing humor being used as a political strategy to further abortion ideology. But first, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity. I've teamed up with my new friend, Sarah Vienna, for a pro-life church tour this summer. Sarah is an international speaker and singer who works in Romania and the States, defending the cause of the needy, of from unborn to elderly, elderly, to abandoned children, to battered women. And our I'm Alive church tour is named after Sarah's song, I'm Alive, about the child in the womb. And so this tour captures both the beauty and truth of the pro-life position, speaking to both the heart and the head of those in your church This tour will win the hearts of your church for life while equipping them to defend life. Based on biblical truths, I'm Alive can help your church create a culture of life that fights to love our unborn neighbors and their mothers and fathers. And so, happening this summer, this tour will fill up fast. So, to bring I'm Alive to your church, email us at imalivetour at gmail.com. I'malivetour at gmail.com for questions and bookings. And we'll be right back with a whole lot more. All right. So welcome back to Unaborted. So listen, when the killing of children in the womb is boiled down to removing a pound of flesh and that the slaughter of that child is actually just healthcare, right? it's actually just, it's women's rights. It's, it's reproductive justice to decide when to start a family, all the language that they use. When they have self-deluded themselves into a fantasy reality that suggests that the killing of children is just health care, then abortion becomes funny because it, it's, it's just funny and weird and, and incomprehensible and inconceivable that pro-life individuals would actually view the unborn child with moral worth. So they're going to actually make jokes about it. They're going to laugh about it, which is telling. And it's tragic because when someone shows you who they are, believe them. They actually believe. That the child has no worth whatsoever. Through point of birth, their moral compass is that skewed and their ideas that hijacked by the sexual revolution, abortion ideologues, and from a spiritual landscape, Satan himself, that they do not see reality for what it is. And so humor then becomes a political strategy to further your agenda, to appeal to those who share your same worldview and perspective on abortion. With humor, to get them to laugh about it and support you campaigning on women's reproductive health care, you see? So all of this happening just within the last week, very interesting. Senator Doug Jones comes and laughs at abortion, calls a, a question, should we ban abortion after five months? Stupid. Mich- uh, uh, the, co- the alleged comedian, uh, Michelle Wolf, setting the stage in the last couple years, for this comedic approach to abortion. And then, according to USA Today on February 17th by Kristen Lamb, an Oklahoma Democrat proposes a law for mandatory vasectomies as a joke to prove how silly pro-life laws are. See? So they're going to use the dismemberment of a child as a comedic strategy to to slap pro-lifers on the hand and to garner up support from those who already believe in their position to vote according to a abortion ideology. So at USA Today on February 17th, a proposed Alabama law would require that all men get a vasectomy after they turn 50 or after the birth of their third child, whichever comes first. The bill sponsor, Democratic State Representative Rolanda Hollis, said the measure gives perspective to reproductive health laws, whatever that means, including the state's contested abortion ban. It always takes two to tango, she told AL.com. We can't put all the responsibility on women. Men need to be responsible too. Well, that statement in and of itself might actually get the support of pro-life individuals. Yes, men should be responsible. They should have nothing to do with the slaughter of their children. They should actually have rights to protect those children. And they should, they should sack up, grow up, and defend the lives of their children and support the woman. That they created that child with. But that's not, of course, what she means. So she kind of gives it away here, doesn't she? She says that the measure gives perspective to reproductive health laws, including the state's contested abortion ban. Oh, she gave it away Said the quiet part out loud. But that's what she's doing. This whole thing is a joke. She doesn't actually believe that we should force men to have vasectomies. She's saying, isn't that just as silly as pro-life laws? That's what she's saying. It's a political stunt and joke. To make a point, and yet this woman is being paid by taxpayer dollars in Oklahoma. So a Twitter user named Michael Hoffman asked Representative Hollis her reasoning behind the bill. Like, what the heck are you thinking? What's wrong with you? What was going through your brain? Well, she tells us right here. Vasectomy bill HB 238 is to help with the reproductive system. Okay, whatever that means. And so here's her answer. that, that This is to neutralize the abortion ban bill. All right, there it is from the horse's mouth. This is not about vasectomies. It's not about forcing vasectomies on men. It's to neutralize the abortion ban bill. She says, the responsibility is not always on the women. It takes two to tangle. She means tango. This will help prevent pregnancy as well as abortion of unwanted children. This bill is to help men become more accountable as well as women. Okay, just a bunch of linguistic soup to mean, this is a joke. I'm just, I'm sitting in my, Representative office provided by the taxpayer dime. Just laughing at the at the fact that I can get paid to make to make legislative jokes of pro-lifers as a political stunt in order to honor, bow down to, and kowtow to the abortion radical left, and make an argument that is not going to win anyone over on the pro-life side. Just pander to those who already believe to you, believe in your same ideology so there you have it from the forces the horse's mouth this is not really about making vasectomies mandatory for men over 50 but rather about neutralizing the abortion ban bill well she's referring to the human life protection act okay passed last summer in oklahoma and signed by governor k ivy you may remember this k Ivey got a ton of political hatred because the human life protection act would have made abortion a class a felony Punishable by life for 10 to 99 years in prison, but only for the abortionist, not for the woman. And it did, I believe, create an exception for life of the mother, which, of course, we talked about on the show. Abortion is never medically necessary because you can induce early labor or perform a C-section, deliver baby, save life of mother and child, and not dismember them in order to save mom's life. But these bills typically require that exception in order to get the political political capital needed to pass. Unfortunately. Okay, so the Human Life Protection Act was passed last summer in Oklahoma, signed by the governor, Kay Ivey, and then overturned by a federal judge. So that's what she's referring to when she says, I'm doing this political joke of a stunt in order to neutralize the abortion ban bill. In other words, she's trying to use a joke to further a premise, right, a premise or an argument that would pose some type of ideological threat to the abortion ban bill. Well, what does that even mean? How would a vasectomy law neutralize the abortion ban bill. Well, listen up, the answer to this question is going to provide insight as to why they think abortions funny and you stupid and you stupid. According to the fantasy world of representative Rolanda Hollis, by drawing a similarity between the hilarity of a law telling a man what to do with his body and pro-life laws which tell women what to do with their bodies, namely that they have to carry their child, she is Creating a world in which both are hilarious, in which both are dismissive ideas, in which both are political posturing in order to appeal to your base. That these are both just funny things. It's so funny to try to require men to get a vasectomy. Of course, me, Representative Rolanda Hollis, I don't actually believe that. But if you think about it, that's kind of just as ludicrous and hilarious as telling women not to kill their children because it's their bodies. So she's trying to draw a moral equivalency between not telling men what to do with their bodies and not telling women what to do with their bodies. But when you unpack that euphemistic soup, really what she means is telling women not to kill their children. Because killing your child in the womb is just is just practicing your bodily autonomy. Just like men should have the right to practice their bodily autonomy by not being forced to get a vasectomy. Do you see that the attempt she's trying at to create a moral equivalency between these two. So this is a political joke. It's a stunt at the taxpayer's dime on a piece of legislation that won't go anywhere that she doesn't even believe in in order to make a funny point. Ha 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 ha. Abortion is so funny. But reality, as it always has been, is self-evident to those interested in truth, to those who want to pursue truth, regardless of where that leads them. It is self-evident that forcing men to have vasectomies is an assault on men's bodies. But laws that prevent women from paying a physician to assault their unborn child is not an assault on the mother. It's preventing an assault on a distinct living and whole human being whose mother consensually created that child in 99.5% of all cases, according to the Guttmacher Institute, the 0.5% being cases of rape. It is self-evident to most people That forcing men to have vasectomies violates their bodily autonomy it should similarly be self-evident that telling women that they can kill their unborn child is not compromising the bodily autonomy of the mother it's compromising the bodily autonomy of the child but the abortion left views pro-life laws as an assault on women's bodies, compromising their bodily autonomy. But the body in her body is not her body. We know abortion kills something. So if abortion kills something, then why isn't every pregnant woman dead after an abortion if it's just her body? Because a different body was killed. So they think you're stupid. They think you're stupid. To view those as different, to view forcing men to have vasectomies and forcing women not to kill their children as completely morally Distinct, so it's a joke. So she's going to craft legislation for a political stunt at the taxpayer dime in order to make a stupid point. So what does all this mean? I think it means that Representative Hollis and the majority of pro-abortion politicians are are. Rather, I don't think it means that Hollis and the majority of abortion politicians are sociopaths who get off on the painful dismemberment of human babies in the womb. I think it means that Representative Hollis and many others like her actually believe what they're selling. That the they actually believe in their fantasy world of human rights that they've developed, which conveniently denies human rights to a whole class of human beings, that that is reality. They believe that their self-deluded, created fantasy world is reality. And so it's funny to them. It's actually funny and hilarious and incomprehensible to them that pro-life individuals might view forcing men to have vasectomies and forcing women not to kill their children are different. They are self-deluded politicians who actually believe it is compassionate to let women kill their children, and it's hilarious to think otherwise. So what do we do in response to this? Well, we do what we've always done. We continue apace. We expose abortion. We pray for our enemies. We make our case in the public square. We humanize the unborn baby in every way possible. We educate the next generation regarding the reality of human life in the womb. Because unfortunately, some of these people are so self-deluded in their fantasy world that we will not be able to win them over to reality in the time that we want to in order to overturn abortion legislation. In fact, we may never be able to. You want a historical example of that? Did all races stop being racist when we banned slavery? No, it actually took the re-education of an, of an entire another generation to weed out all of those racists who never changed their racism. We have to do the same thing in re-educating the next generation to have reverence for human life in the womb and to protect life at all stages and pass as many laws as possible to protect as many lives as possible that we can until we have the political capital to ban abortion completely and once and for all, which is the goal of the abolitionists in the pro-life movement so we do what we continue to do and we will not rest until we see humanity dignity and protections restored to every human being the unborn children being those who are being killed at the tune of a million a year in america alone abortion is not funny abortion is the killing of a distinct living and whole human being whose only whose only blame is existing, who is blamed for everything that their parents are going through and then murdered for it. Being pro-choice means blaming all of your problems on the baby and then killing them for it. And they think that that's funny because they think it's reproductive justice. So tune in next week, go stand outside your abortion mills, start a pro-life ministry at your church, Bring my pro-life church tour to your church. Bring me to your local high school. Bring someone else to your local high school. Support a pro-life organization and pray for humanity and dignity to be restored to our unborn children. In the meantime, I'll see you on the battlefield. This is Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. So thanks for joining me. Head on over to iTunes on Spotify. Give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think. That really helps. And if you want to learn more, of course, follow me on Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, go to my website, SethGruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R, to sign up for my newsletter, my speaking schedule, if you want to come hear me speak live and local, and to subscribe to my newsletter. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.